Isn't it interesting that life is a series of moments in time? There was a moment that we were born, and there's moments all throughout our lives, and yes, even there's going to be a moment one day when we will no longer be on this earth. So often people will refer to the dash, and that dash in between the time we were born and the time that we die, and how much life is lived in such a small segment of time when you compare it to all of the things that have gone on since the existence, since the start of the world and the start of man. And it's interesting as even we've been unfolding these last few weeks as a community and as a state and as a country and as a world, this now is our third week of having live stream only services as we've seen moments of time where we wake up and we wonder what's going to be the new reality this week. And we went from being told not to gather in groups of over 250 to not being able to gather in groups of over 100 to not being able to gather more than 10 people together. And then now just even this last Tuesday as our governor issued a stay-at-home mandate for all of us to follow and that only those who absolutely have to go out and work and are critical would go out and do that. And so each and every week, we're just faced with new challenges. We're faced with new uncertainties. And all of these things, again, they're just simply moments of time. But I want you to think about this today. December 7th, 1941. On that day, in that moment of time, Japanese planes attacked the United States Naval Base at Pearl Harbor. And did you know the bombing killed more than 2,300 Americans? In fact, President Franklin Roosevelt called this day a date which would live in infamy, a moment in time. Many of you remember where you were on September 11, 2001, when 19 militants associated with the Islamic extreme group Al-Qaeda hijacked four airliners and carried out suicide attacks against targets in the United States. Over 3,000 people were killed during the attacks in New York City and Washington, D.C., including more than 400 police officers and firefighters. A moment in time. How about this? Do you remember where you were on December 26, 2004, when a magnitude 9.1 earthquake struck beneath the Indian Ocean near Indonesia generating a massive tsunami that, listen to this, claimed more than 230,000 lives in 14 different countries. It was one of the deadliest natural disasters ever recorded in history. A moment in time. Do you remember where you were on August 29th, 2005? when Hurricane Katrina made landfall near New Orleans, Louisiana. Katrina was the worst natural disaster in the history of the United States, killing more than 1,800 people and causing over $115 billion in damage. It was a moment in time. Do you remember where you were on January 12, 2010? when an earthquake measuring a 7 on the Richter scale shook the country of Haiti to its core. 
And many of us watched in horror on our TV screens as thousands and thousands and thousands of innocent people lost their lives. And they're not even sure if they even have an accurate count. They know it's somewhere uh, in excess of 200,000 people that were killed and another 300,000 people who were injured. A moment in time. And then here we find ourselves in 2020 where each and every day we wake up and we look at this map we look at this picture, this image, and we're hoping and we're praying that it's going to get better. And then we hear reports that it's actually going to get worse, that there's a possibility that, this, that we're not out of this, that it's actually going to increase before it decreases. And right now, we're living in this moment of time. See, this global pandemic has made us realize two things. Number one, we are definitely not in control. So many of the things that we took for granted, so many of the freedoms that, that we used to enjoy have come to a screeching halt. And the other reality for us is that we are not immortal. That again, life is frail and it's short. And we don't know when the end for any of us will be. You see, a crisis can have kind of two effects on us. It can draw us closer to God or further away from Him. It can make us wonder what is going on in our world. It can make us wonder what is going on even in our own communities where so much of life has shifted and changed. And yes, it's frustrating. And yes, it's stressful. And yes, there. There, there's a component of fear and doubt and worry that's come upon all of us as we continue to embrace this new reality, not knowing even yet what the future completely holds. But today, as is customary here at Shepherd's Gate, we're going to go to God's Word, and we're going to ask God's Word to bring us comfort and to bring us hope. And the passages for today, they might look a little different you may not be familiar with these passages of Scripture. And there was a time and a place and a moment of time when Jesus walked this earth. And here you have the Son of God, the Savior of the world, who's performing all of these miracles. He's healing the sick. He's raising the dead. He's doing all of these incredible things. Yet there was still tragedy going on around him. There were still things going on the time that Jesus walked the earth that made people very, very uncomfortable. And so we're going to be looking at these passages today, and so if you have your Bible and you want to turn to Luke chapter 13, you can do that. The scriptures are going to be on the screen for you. But let's look at Luke chapter 13, verse 1. This is what it says. There were some present at that very time who told him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And I know as you read this, it's kind of odd at first, and you're looking at it, and you're going, well, what in the world's going on here? And, and this is what we know, is that Pilate was the ruler at the time, and he was, a, he was a very difficult ruler. In fact, he was very corrupt, and he had no problem taking lives. And so here are these Galileans that probably didn't do anything that deserved the punishment that they received, but yet they lost their lives. Innocent lives were lost because of this ruthless dictator 
And so they go to Jesus and they say, what's going on here? If there's a God, why would he allow this to happen? And if you're the son of God, why didn't you stop this? Why did you allow this to happen? And I want us to look at how Jesus responds in verse 2. It says, Jesus answered them, do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered in this way? Well, it's kind of an interesting response from Jesus, isn't it? He doesn't actually answer their questions. He answers their questions by giving them yet another question. And he goes on to say this, No, I tell you, unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Think about that for a moment. He kind of just shifts their whole thought process in that moment. He doesn't ever actually answer why those Galileans had lost their lives. And he takes it from a temporal standpoint to kind of an eternal perspective. And he says, really, there's a bigger issue at play on what happens to you in your time here on this earth. There's, there's a bigger factor in play than the dash that you're living in right now in the time that you, you are born and the time that you die. That there's an eternity at stake. And then very interesting, this is what Jesus does next. Look at what he says next to them. He says, or those 18 on whom the tower in Siloam fell and killed them. Jesus brings in another account. Jesus brings in another story. And he says this, do you think that they were worse offenders than all the others who lived in Jerusalem? There's a couple interesting things here. It actually shows that, that Jesus was actually aware of what was going on in his time. So he was receiving news like anybody else. And so there's all of these people living on the planet and, and, and they're walking and breathing and going about their day. And yet here are these 18 people, again, who innocently lose their lives because a tower falls on them. And the question again becomes, well, Jesus, if you were on the earth and you're walking and you have the ability to do all these miracles, why weren't you there in their moment of need? Why didn't you stop that tower from falling on them? Or even if it did fall on them, why didn't you rush to be there and raise them all from the dead? Because you certainly had the ability to do that. God, why do you allow these things to continue to go on? And yet, look at his response to them. He says, no, I tell you, unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Again, Jesus was about giving people an eternal perspective. He was about bringing people to himself. He was about realizing that, that his purpose on that earth was to go and to die on that cross for you and for me. That he would take the sins of the world and yes, even the diseases and the hardships of the world and to put them on his shoulders and to die for you and for me. That three days later he could rise from the dead and defeat sin and disease and defeat all of the evilness that we see that's so prevalent in our world and yes, even to defeat death so that one day when we close our eyes in this life and we open them in the next, we will be with Jesus forever. And what is it that he asked of us? What is he asking you and me today? To humble ourselves, to realize that we are not in control to realize there is something greater out there and his name is Jesus. If you want to know what the world needs right now more than ever, the world needs to hear the message of Jesus. 
And again, if you're watching, and maybe this is the first time that you've tuned in, or maybe you've been following us the last couple of weeks, we want you to know the most incredible news that you can hear today is that God loves you, that he created you, that he knew that moment that you would be born, and he knew that you would be living on the earth during this time and during this difficult season that we have found ourselves in. And yes, he even knows your future. He knows when this is going to end. And he even knows that day when you will close your eyes in this life and open them in the next. And he's actually drawing you to himself. He wants to be part of your life. He wants to give you comfort and peace and hope. Yes, even in this moment. See, this is why he's our living hope. It's because Jesus is alive and he is at work and he's drawing people to himself and even in the midst of tragedy, even in the midst of hardships, even in the midst of all of the difficulty that is going on around us, God is still at work and Jesus is still our living hope. See, we as a church, we just started a brand new mission and vision this year. We're only in this for the last couple of months, and it's interesting as you go back and, and you look at this new mission that God has laid on our hearts, that Shepherd's Gate exists to impact the world with the love of Jesus. And now as we look at the circumstances around us, as we look at what this new reality that we're living in, okay, how now do we impact the world with the love of Jesus? And this is what we're doing as a church. This is what we want to encourage you to continue doing in your homes and with your loved ones. See, we're continuing to be fully supportive of all of our local and local, our global and our local mission partners. We're doing everything that we can to check in on them and to make sure that they're getting the resources that they need. See, we're also continuing to serve our community. And we're looking for those ways in which we can share the love of Jesus in a practical way. And, and Ron Kazera, you've heard a lot about him the last couple of weeks as he continues to network with, with our partners and coming up with, with how we can serve people and love people. And yes, we're continuing to love and care for all of those who call Shepherd's Gate home. And maybe you've been tuning in and you're joining us. We want you to know that you are part of that. That we are here for you and we want to encourage you and pray with you and do everything that we can to walk alongside you during this season that we find ourselves in. It's interesting as we look to the scriptures and even as we look to the early church, after Jesus had risen from the dead and after the disciples had watched as he ascended into heaven and they came together in an upper room and they were praying and God did an incredible work in their hearts and their lives, and he launches, in a moment of time, God launches the church here on earth. And this is what it says. This is, this is the momentum that they were experiencing. This is what God was doing in this time. It says this in Acts chapter 2. It says, All the believers were together and had everything in common. Now think about this. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. And every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. Now for us, we're not able to do that, right? And so our worship center, our worship service ha have switched to being this live stream and being able to connect with you in your homes and in your living rooms. And it says this, because we all know this one really well now, right? It says they broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And so as we sit at our tables with, with, our, with our loved ones, 
that we think about the positive things, that we think about God, that we praise God that He is still at work. And in, the, and in this moment, in this situation that they found themselves in, as they were still trying to figure out how to even be a church, I mean, they didn't, they didn't even understand all of what this meant. It says this, the Lord actually added to their number daily those who were being saved. And maybe just in all of this, there's someone that you know. Maybe it's a neighbor across the street that you wave at, but you can connect via a different mean on technology or a family member in another state, or yes, even a friend in another country, whatever the case may be, that God is still at work in the hearts and the lives of people. See, it wasn't easy for the early church either. You know, they had all this momentum and all these people were coming to know Jesus, but just a few, a few, a few moments later in time in, in, the, in, the, in these people's lives, I want you to see what happens in Acts chapter 8. It says this, that on that day, a moment of time, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem. And all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him. See, Stephen was actually murdered. Stephen was stoned to death for preaching the gospel, for telling people the hope they could have in Jesus. And so here he becomes the first martyr of the Christian church and the church begins to experience all sorts of persecution. And it says, but Saul began to destroy the church, going from house to house. Think of the scripture we just read, right, where they're all coming together and breaking bread and, and, and just enjoying the favor of one another's company. Here, now you have this guy going house to house, dragging off both men and women and putting them in prison. And you can imagine the feelings and the emotions they had during this time. God, where are you? Or why are you allowing this to happen? Or why did you launch this movement and tell us to be your hands and feet and to go out and to proclaim this incredible news and the incredible hope that they can have in you? And now our families are literally being destroyed. Our families are being torn apart. But I want you to see what it says next. I want you to see what it says next in the next verse. It says this. Those who had been scattered preached the good news. They didn't stop sharing the hope that they had in Jesus. They, said they, had, they knew that they had been scattered all over and they preached the good news wherever they went. Isn't it an interesting church that we find ourselves in a time where we are scattered all over the place. We are scattered into our homes and God, what is it that you could do in this moment of time? How could we push and challenge ourselves to share the faith and the hope that we have in you? See, this is what the church looks like now. This is us, right? And how is it that we could be an influence in the home that we have? What is it that maybe we can do if we're married with our spouses and, and coming together and and praying and opening the Bible and reading scripture together? What is it that we can do with our families? What are the words that we can encourage them with? And again, what is it that we can do to get on the phone or to get on FaceTime or to use other means to connect with people that we know are struggling, that we know just need to see somebody's face on the other end of that phone to give them that encouragement? Here's what I would say to all of us today. In an age when information is available 24 hours a day, we must, 
we must learn to manage our intake of bad news. We have to create boundaries. And guess what? We're living in a time and a day and an age when we need to create new boundaries for our lives. I'll be honest with you, church. Uh, this was an interesting week, and as Tuesday, everything shifted to this at-home status, and it's made it even more difficult to kind of enjoy some of the freedoms that we used to enjoy. It was on Tuesday that I got into the biggest fight with my wife. When we were told that we had to stay home, when we were told that we were not allowed to, to go anywhere unless it was an absolute emergency. It was this week where, where stress began to build up in my home as, as you're living day in and day out with your loved ones and, and my boys and their energy and all of, all of the things that that comes with where you go from you know, loving them in one moment to wanting to kill them in the next moment. And I know many of you have experienced that same thing in your homes. But listen, let me encourage you again in this. We have to manage our intake of bad news and we need to increase our intake of good news. And the good news is what Jesus has done for us, that again, we come together and we pray and we open God's word and we play games together as families and we enjoy each other's company and we just see what it is that God could do even in our own homes during this time. And even as a church, we've moved into this realm. Our staff has worked so hard behind the scenes to make sure that as a church, and so maybe you're single and you don't have a spouse, or maybe you're single and you don't live with a family, we don't want you to feel isolated. We do not want you to feel alone. In fact, everything here at Shepherd's Gate has moved online. Our worship services, as you know, they're already online. Prayer, if you need prayer, you can email us, you can chat with us, we can have somebody call you to pray with you, whatever it is that you need. We can do that for you. All of the kid videos that are going out each and every day that, that you can have your kids watch to connect you with Trisha, who's our family director. Isn't it awesome that, that today we were able to install our new student director and so this week and over the coming weeks that he's going to continue to reach out to our students and get to know them and do ministry completely differently than it's ever been done before. All of our adult classes, think about this, are online. And maybe it's been a long time since you've taken a Bible class. Maybe you haven't uh, n taken a Bible class ever before. You can go online and you can sign up and you can get into a Zoom conference call with other people who are opening God's word, who are going to God's word as a source of comfort and a source of hope. All of the classes, even our Bibles in Brew next week is going to be online. People are going to grab a beer or whatever their beverage of choice is and open God's word and share God's word together. And yes, our care classes that happen Thursday night have all been moved to Zoom and they're all online and we're connecting with those as they continue to face the reality that they are in in this moment of time. So if you haven't yet already, can I just encourage you, go to the website. Go to sgatechurch.org, click on the connect tabs, look around. Our communication team has rebuilt this so that it zeroes in and focuses on connecting with you in your home. Finally, church, I want to leave you with these words. I want to leave you with these words of encouragement and these words of hope. They're found in Colossians chapter 3. Listen to these words. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, 
for you died. And your life is now hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, we cling to Christ, we cling to the cross, appears, you will also appear with him in glory. And that is why he is our living hope. That is why we cling to him. That's why we pray to him. That's why we reach out to him and realize he is going to see us through this. Just as he's seen us through so many other moments of time, he is going to continue to work in our hearts and our lives. So again, let's lean into him. Let's realize he is our living hope. And congregation, we have something special for you this morning. As we sing this closing song, so, so make sure you stay on right now in this moment because I just really believe that this is going to be a huge encouragement for you as it was for our team this week and we made this decision to rebroadcast one of the songs that's very near and dear to us, the song, Our Living Hope. And it's a, it's a, it's a recording from one of our services from back in October. And what's really powerful about this moment is you're going to see as the camera spans out as the worship center is full of people. And so as we once again, we proclaim that reality that Jesus is our living hope, we also are reminded that one day soon, we pray that's going to be soon, that God is going to allow us to gather together again, shoulder to shoulder, and we are going to be able to sing his praises and give him glory. But until that time comes, we're going to do everything that we can to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. Amen.